I'm Kyle Sequeira, the Eagle of the New England Free Jacks, and you're listening to the Jacks Rangers. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Waka's Rangers show, where it's all Waka <laughs> all the time. I am joined with my co-host, Diamond Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? Feeling wacky. Uh, yeah, me too. You know? Big time. There's been some uh, interesting developments since the last time that we sat down and had one of these. Um, Bodine Waka is all but guaranteed to return to the New England Free Jacks prior to the end of the year. Um, there was a game that took place at Fort Quincy, and we're going to get to that a little bit later on. But I wanted to ask some questions because there's been a lot of you know chatter about Waka coming back, and it seems yeah. to be officially official. He, he directly replied to our graphic that we put out there that says he is returned and says I'm coming back, you know, with the the love symbol. So it's a done deal as far as we're concerned. So it brings some questions that some uh, listeners, some Rangers mm. out there posed to us and um this is from bear lfc and i believe the lfc part is liverpool which is a real sh crying shame as a manchester united fan to have to read that but um, censoring yourself there yeah <laughs> just <clears throat> crying yeah. shame it's a crying shame yeah but uh would really appreciate him he's a very very loyal listener to the show yeah. really appreciate him so he said i'm sure you will cover it in great detail but there's already so much to think about with walks 10, 15, wing. Patras has to stay in the starting 15. Reese to become a bench player and Spencer Jones to get dropped from the 23, question mark. Does Walks come directly into 10? Do we let Jason stay in control? So many questions. But ultimately, I think, if you know, from a free jack perspective, the organization perspective, it's all a win-win because, yes. and we'll get into this a little bit later on, some of these guys that have potentially positions being threatened with Waka coming in really stepped up their game um, in this game against Atlanta that we'll get into a little bit later on. But um, iron sharpens iron. I truly believe that competition is a great thing. And we got a guy that was the MVP of the league last year returning to a team that is now 7-2 and two and is dominating the Eastern Conference. So it's a huge pickup for the Free Jacks. It's, 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 it's the biggest news in MLS other than the the slap heard around the rugby world uh, that took place uh, I over thought, the weekend. I figured we'd cover that next segment. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't prepare for positional chat with Waka. I mean, I think it's all true. I actually have a different note later about flankers in this same thing. Interesting. Right? So think okay. about – so maybe think about it this way. I don't have I don't have an answer for where do you put him who do you pull sure. I don't know it depends on what the team's gonna look like like later when he's here right. and what yep. he looks like which presumably is all great so if everybody looks great then do we have a problem mm -hmm. I think it was Kenny who very wisely I've seen on social media saying yep. regarding the back row you know uh, specifically so far this is only good. It's yes. only upside when yes. you have more really good players than you have room on the team. That's true. You know, um, it's not that it isn't a challenge or, or require a certain healthy environment. You know, that mm -hmm. healthy competition that they they foster. Yep. Um, it takes work for it to just be upside, but if you manage it right, there everybody's feeling seen and appreciated, and they're competing for what um, is is there, and it makes everybody better. Mm -hmm. um because of that competition uh, i sure. think also you would maybe be worried if this was like if 
they announced a superstar, you know, somebody we're bringing in a ringer, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I, w- I would be excited, but then you're a little bit more worried about like, oh, how are they going to fit into an already right. full and competitive lineup? Yep. Waka knows this team. Yes, He's he not does. like a stranger and most of them know him. Yeah. So um, it's really him. I mean, remember that it's a return to the team. He, he right. knows what to expect. He's he was very humble in, you know, his comments about like, look, like, I'm just going to I'm just happy to be coming back to Quincy to to practice with I'm paraphrasing heavily. I don't remember exactly what he said, yes. but the gist was that like he's just a guy. Like, you know, he's just another <laughs> right. one of the guys coming to play rugby and like he's going to he's going to do the hard work in practice and like we'll see what happens. Like that's the attitude he's bringing and you know, with with a guy of his talent coming in with that kind of humble attitude, um that's great. That's 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 all you need. That's wonderful. I have the exact quote right here, and this yeah. was a response. He uh, basically, uh, our good buddy and a, a contributor to the show, an outrider, David Lawrence from the Scrum of the Earth podcast, basically put out there that Jason Potras has earned the 10 jersey for XYZ reasons. And I'm not going to specifically quote those because I don't have it in front of me, but I do have Waka's response to uh, a Free Jacks post, or excuse mm-hmm. me, a Jack Ranger show post that I then created. Um, uh, a template for an a graphic rather yep. and then put that online so it says i don't expect to walk back into the 23 let alone the 10 jersey the team is where they are for a reason as any other rugby player i'll be coming back to do what's best for this team moving forward to achieve one goal win the championship hashtag huzzah and that's the exact type of response you want from a guy that is truly a superstar within mlr but is humble hungry and willing to have fun and that is the free jack mantra right that's that's yeah. what the free jacks are all about and it's not like you're as you're saying you're not bringing in some foreign superstar some unknown guy you don't know how it's going to mix with the locker room he was here all last year he was here you know, the year before and i'm pretty sure he was with us during the covid shortened season as well so this is a free jack guy through and through he cut his teeth through this organization he became a mlr superstar in this organization so it's all positive stuff. He and became a fly half in this organization. That's right. He yep. had some experience. It wasn't totally new to him. Um, but normally he, a fullback. Prior normally to a that. fullback, yep. right? And mm-hmm. and and then you know was was shifted into that fly half role. I mean, he made big uh, shifts in his own professional career here, like mm-hmm. big steps forward, growth, yep. professional growth. Yes. So I mean it. Uh, we're not there every day. We don't know. We we just can see the same thing everybody else sees in the way the players talk about the organization. But it seems pretty clear to me that it is a great team to be a part of. Yes. Right. A thousand percent. Um, that that even if you're um, in a lot of competition to actually get on the twenty three mm-hmm. and or to get to get a start, that it is a good environment where you're going to be developed. You're going to get become a better player. And you're going to have a really good relationship with your coaches, your teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always guaranteed, right? Like that's yeah. not, not every highly competitive environment is that positive and that generally enjoyable day to day. And I they think really that's something that makes the Free Jack special. 
It is for sure. They really focus on, we talk to the coaches, you know, when they come on this show every once in a while and they talk about the care of the, the person, not just the rugby player is super, super important within this organization and within this staff. It is a mantra that they have. And, and I, I, you know, it's not just they're blowing smoke up our ass. This is something that they execute every single day and they focus on. So I think it's, it's one of those things where I think Scott Matthew, who was a professional rugby player played all around the world at the scrum half position at the very, very highest level and he always talked about i think he talked specifically about anxiety worrying about the other you know the unknown am i going to get selected you know all this other stuff that goes into being a professional rugby player so he wants to stamp out that as much as possible and create this care careful environment uh, of the actual person and the player as well. So it's, it's a great organization to be a part of for sure. We're excited to have Waka back, but um, in terms of where he fits in, I think Jason Potras has earned the 10 Jersey throughout this entire year. He's in second with the most points in the entire league right now. And that is with him missing a, a full game of rugby for this season. So, I mean, he's came in and absolutely done a fantastic job. So I would be surprised if uh, Waka got slotted into the fly half uh, position, but keep in mind, Patras can also play 15 and so can Waka. So I think, you know, you can kind of move those guys around if necessary. We don't want to, you know, destroy the chemistry of the team on field chemistry. That is. So you, if you slot Waka into uh, the 15 place, and you know, leave Mitch on the wing, uh, and with Spencer Jones coming off of the bench, who can play you know ten center positions and also fullback. You've got a really, really good option there, and that's of course if everybody stays healthy by the time that Walker comes around, because we know that he's not going to be here immediately. We believe his contract runs out at the end of this month. His team over in Japan has stopped playing. They didn't make the playoffs, so his playing obligations are over with, but I believe the contract obligations end at the end of this month. So he's not going to be here yet until at least the very end of this month. Yeah. And there, there, people may be scratching their heads because there is a signing deadline for MLR. Like there was kind of right. a little bit of hullabaloo yes. a week ago as it was the mid midpoint of the season, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, and uh, that would just be a, like an internal signing de- deadline. Yes. Right. It's not yes. a signing and announcement deadline. Right. Right. So um, just in case people were kind of really slicing the onion and trying sure. to trying to wait like finding things speaking of anxiety <laughs> yeah, finding things no to like be anxious about though like but mm-hmm. wait like has the, hasn't the signing deadline passed um i i would guess that he has signed a contract like before the deadline like that's all done but obviously um there's not been much official announcement from the team i think right. probably they're waiting mm-hmm. until um it uh, until his contract, his current contract is out. That's generally mm-hmm. like a good etiquette. Yep. Um, and so, but it was reported in America's Rugby News, and then yes. you know you post about it, and now people, it's you know kind of an open, it's out non, there. N- open, yep. no longer secret, exactly, um, yep. uh, sort of thing. So, uh, just to cover those kind of angles, the no mm-hmm. announcement yet, the signing deadline, none of that. I don't think any of that is a big deal. Nope. Fans, you know, I, uh, the what the media term would be expected, right? We would say, yes. Bodimaga is expected to rejoin the Free Jacks any mm-hmm. time now. We're just waiting. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's a great way to put it for sure. And that uh, lays that to bed, at least for now, uh, until we get him coming off of the plane or whatever the uh, the hype video is going to be for the Free Jacks. <laughs> uh, can you imagine they get that the terminal video? Yep. Uh, you know, give, Let us know when. We'll be there. We'll make a little walk a That'd be a lot of fun. Man, it would probably sure. embarrass the hell out of him. <laughs> Frankly, it just kind of makes me want to do it more. 
you know, he came on the show in episode 62. And uh, mm-hmm. since then, we've been kind of chatting back and forth, not oft or anything like that. I want to give the guy a space. You know, I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be, uh, you know, uh, up in his space. But uh, what I was, uh, you know, what we talked about and what I think Waka really, really appreciates is the fans love for him here in New England. Um, you know, a lot of people just at their that that's their favorite free jack. Yeah. Because last year he had an amazing magical run and did extremely well, became the MVP of the entire league. And, you know, that's that's people's favorite player. So he yeah. appreciates that love from the fans. And I think that's a huge factor for him coming back. So he's, there you go. he's my older daughter's favorite player. And there in fact, I as excited as I was about his impending return when it broke. I didn't tell her. My wife actually told her later. It was like, you, nice. you heard Waka's coming back, right? And she was mad at me <laughs> telling her I made a mistake. So funny. Um, so funny. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a very exciting player. He's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Uh, I think you're right. He does. He, he certainly does have a lot of fans. And it's good to good to think that he enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he certainly seems to keep a, a, a humble way about him. So for sure. Well, with all that being said, let's get into the game, which was very, very exciting. That took place at Fort Quincy uh, yeah, over last weekend. Um, New England overcomes a slow start to beat ATL, and I am pulling this directly from America's Rugby News. Our good mm-hmm. friend uh, Brian Ray. Make sure you guys go to ru- America's Rugby for the latest information about MLR signings. You know, he, he, this guy has sources everywhere. He's the best MLR pundit for a reason. What he writes is New England raced a 13-0 first half deficit to come uh, come away with a 23-13 victory over Rugby ATL at Veterans Memorial Stadium on Saturday. The Free Jacks hung on with only 14 men on the pitch for much of the first half and pulled away in the final quarter to stretch their lead to the top of the Eastern Conference. A stalemate in the beginning minutes was interrupted by a yellow card against Jesse the Pest, Peretti, I added that part, for a stomp on the arm of Duncan Van Salk. Quick, uh, ATL uh, kicked for the corner and some of a some and from a second penalty. Ryan Reese's was held up on a quick tap, but Alex Mon uh, wasn't to be denied from short range. Van Salkwick uh, lined up the conversion, but the uh, ball fell off the tee on his approach, and his drop kick attempt was denied when Andrew Quatron, very smart, arrived to wrap up the would be kicker. Just gave him a big old hug. Yes, he did. Just gave him a hug. So there's a kick clock, um, but it wasn't a kick clock thing. Um, it was a pro. It was, it was an approaching. Approach so yeah. he started his approach. Yep. When you're getting the ball set and you're getting back and getting into position, if the ball falls off the tee, you can pick it right back up, put it on the tee. That's right. Once you begin your approach from your set position, we can the, run out. The team can run out. You can't do it on a penalty, but you can do it on a, on a conversion. Mm-hmm. Right, <clears throat> so the team can run out, and you got to run from the the goal line, which is why kickers back up. Right, you know one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally you do see a kick block. You'll see somebody it, often like kind of right in the middle of the posts, almost. Guys, guys will underestimate how much time they have, and like somebody will run like in the middle of the field. I mean, they'll be a little bit too close to the goal mm-hmm. line, thinking, "Oh, I'll just chip it right over. It'll be real quick." You know, boom, boom. And somebody will get up and block. I've seen a couple, you know, in my time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's always fun to charge the kick. You never know what's going to happen. And sometimes the ball falls off the tee. Yep. 
If that happens, you can't put it back on the tee. The other team is already charging to block the kick. Mm -hmm. They're allowed to stop you from kicking. Um, I don't know that there's any laws about how exactly they can do that except for blocking a kick, right. which is why I really enjoyed Quatrin's solution of like, I'm just going to hug the guy and we're going to walk then, into I, touch. Exactly. You know, yeah. like yeah. we're just going to go for a walk over here. And then at that point he knew he, he couldn't do it anyway. The only thing yes. he could have done is pick up the ball and make a drop goal attempt. This mm -hmm. also happened in the Houston, New York game this weekend. It was very, it was just wow, I think it was about that, that match. Happened another match. Um, it was just very windy. And I think he got the ball and made the drop kick attempt. I don't think, I don't remember if it was successful or not. I think not. Um, but uh, yeah, two times in one weekend with, with different outcomes. It's a heads up play. It's one of the things that like people take for granted because the conversion normally like the other team is, uh, you know, uh, right after it happens, they kind of huddle together to talk some stuff out. And then you're just yeah. kind of waiting on the, uh, the try line there for the conversion. So a lot of people aren't paying attention to what the kicker's doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a, such a heads up play for Quattro. And, you know, one of my favorite players, one of the best signings that the Free Jacks have had this yeah. season to go out there and, 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 and hug, bear hug him into uh, the touch uh, area there so that was awesome to see and and if you're thinking but i'm lazy and old and slow <laughs> why would i run out when i don't really have to you got to go that way anyway and everybody True. will notice you running and think wow yeah. he's really competing really hard still and then mm -hmm. you just you know can walk to where you're supposed to be for the kickoff. And uh, it's, true. it's a nice it's, it's a nice heads up old boys thing to look like you're working a lot harder than you are. It's a great point. You got to run that way anyway, so you might as well. Uh, so the Free Jacks would then lose Quatrain, unfortunately, to what looked like a groin strain replaced early by Mills Saranevi. Uh, Saranevi, excuse me. Uh, Atlanta were penalized, giving Jason Potras a shot at goal, just as. Uh, uh, excuse me, Jesse Peretti was returning to the pitch with the long-range attempt just wide of its target. Van Schalkwick uh, was next to depart with uh, Kurt Coleman, I remember this guy, coming in at yeah. fly half halfway through the first half. Um, Atlanta steamrolled the New England pack to win a turnover against the head. Uh, the Free Jacks were quickly caught offside to give Coleman an immediate chance for three points, and he had no issues to make it 8-0 for the visitors, a forward pass handed possession straight back, and it, it became 13 when uh, Riwetta Bettel um, slipped into the corner after a line break from Matt Heaton. Peretti found himself in more trouble when he wrapped up uh, Johan Momsen around the neck in full view of the referee. Yep. There was no hesitation to pull out another yellow, which meant game over for the Free Jacks lock. It's the second red of the season for Peretti, who will have a date with the judiciary this week. So that is four yellow cards in five games for Jesse the Pest Peretti. Um I want to get to halftime here. I'm just not exactly sure if it's discussed. It says the misfortune became to uh, seemed to galvanize New England as a huge kick from well outside his own end from Spencer Jones re was rewarded a 50-22 yep. and a free jacks throw in. Connor Keys um, troop the ball off the top and Larue Moran <laughs> cut back across a angle, uh, bowling over Reese and fending off Nolan. Ooh. To Homa Mella uh, to score the first points of the home side. At the other end, Mitch Jacobson won a turnover to deny ATL and leave it 13-5 at the break. So there we go. There's the halftime break, guys. Um, very frustrating to watch the Free Jacks in the first half. I feel like uh, Atlanta you know, was certainly doing what they needed to do to continue with the lead there. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, th- for me, it's just very, very frustrating to watch. But I will say that that try uh, by Spencer Jones there definitely gave me a bit of hope uh, going into the half, 13 to 5. What was your initial thoughts? Um, Eight penalties is too many. Two yep. yellow cards is too many. Um, It really seemed like our discipline was killing us and giving Atlanta – as much opportunity as they needed to control the game. They have a really strong pack um, that against the head scrum penalty, they completely bowled over our scrum. It is Mm -hmm. a, not a common thing. Um, As far as I can tell, they just had way more push than we did for whatever reason. Who knows? Maybe sometimes it's timing. Maybe their timing was perfect. Our timing sucked and (laughs) they just bowled us over you know it's not like it happened every scrum it happened that one scrum something was clearly not working yep um so anyway it looked like uh, safety wise what needed to happen was we needed to retreat our scrum needed to come needed to go backwards the locks had locked out right so that's where their name comes from your legs mm-hmm. go straight your spikes are, are dug into the ground and like you are not allowing the scrum to go backwards. You're like right. a, a break, right? Just putting mm-hmm. all that energy through your legs into the the earth, which is not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as you can hold it, you can hold it. You can take all that push. And what happened is then, you know, the the center of the scrum starts to rise, almost like tectonic plates, right? <laughs> yep. The center of the scrum starts to rise. And then, you know, you had like slippage. The, the front row kind of popped up. And then Atlanta drove that back and rolled it backwards. And at that point, it's like a flap of something peeling up or like a page in a book being peeled up, right? It's that sort of a physical Mm -hmm. wave almost. And our scrum just completely peeled over. It was wild. Uh, Full credit to Atlanta, like credit where credit is due. It takes a tremendous amount of push and cohesion to do that. Um, It was pretty crazy. And you just can't give them chances you know like you Mm -hmm. can't give them penalties to kick and and run line out malls um and uh uh it looked it looked a little grim the room not as in like oh god it's hopeless but just like this is not going our way this is this is the free jacks at their worst sort of right shooting themselves in the foot not able to compete physically you know some set piece challenges a couple moments that scrum in particular that's always a little daunting um, but they fixed it. They actually ended up and scrums were fine after that. Just a weird, weird thing. Um, it wasn't they were not physically able, athletically able, creativity wise. That was all mm-hmm. fine. It was just our discipline was not letting us compete evenly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to correct myself real quick. And I said uh, Spencer Jones try, but it was actually the LaRue Milan try. And that was just really just uh, for- right force of will uh you know to get a score on the board before halftime he he just completely ran over the first atlanta defender which i believe might have been will leonard um and just you know typical larue milan fashion just you know dazzling with the ball runs one guy over and just charges into the tri zone area you know does the whole uh you know throw the ball up into the air reminiscent of last year at new york so so good i mean what a blessing to have that guy back. Yeah, dude, he's he's amazing. Um he is a stud. He got a triple on that. That's when you <clears throat> that's when you run over or or through a forward, a back, and a scrum half. So he <laughs> right. did he got all three. That's a yep. triple. 
Um, I mean, it was it really is ludicrous. He runs into four guys. There's four guys. He just picks a good line. Nobody can really get a clean hit on him except the first player who he just runs through. And then mm -hmm. after that, it's just, you know, people scrambling, trying to get there, and they just can't get there. He gets it in, dots it down. It was excellent. And it was what they needed. A man down. Jesse yes. has been red carded at this point. Um, so we're out of lock. Um, Connor Keys went up and took that ball very well in that line out. The Spencer Jones kick, it was more like a 22 22. Mm -hmm. It was a huge 52, uh, 50 22 um, from one end of the pitch to the other. And it was a big momentum swing moment, I think. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, the, the succession of events, the kick, the really solid line out, and then the immediate try on that, that first strike playoff mm -hmm. of it. Um, so it was it was big. It definitely lifted lifted the spirits going into halftime. Yes. I think it was, a thirteen to zero halftime there is yeah. it feels very different than a Agreed. Thir the thirteen to five. It did feel very grim prior to that because you know obviously Jesse gets a a, yeah, a red card at thirty three minutes in, uh, so we're down a player for twenty minutes. That is a very unique MLR rule right now, which I really really appreciate. Um, yeah. But he it's, has to. I sit think it's down. starting to roll out more. Yeah, good. I think good. I think we'll I think it's going to become a. Maybe um, it'll maybe get tweaked a little bit, but I think it's probably here to stay. Some right. questions asked in the crowd. Yeah, because we're gonna go back to the you know just go back to the Jesse thing because it's already happened. He's got a red card at this point in the game in the in the breakdown here. Is it poor management? Because obviously he was on one uh, on the pitch. You know he was causing all type types of issues, disciplinary issues left and right. That he's already been yellow carded at that point. Is it poor management on the, the the coaching staff's behalf to not get him out of the game and sub in your replacement lock, Regan O'Gorman, at that mm -hmm. point? Um, or do you let it play out? And obviously what played out was he got a, another yellow card, which equals a red. So is it poor management not to get him out of the game, or do you let it kind of ride? What What's your thoughts on that? Um, would it have – would it have improved the result for the Free Jacks if he they put Regan O'Gorman in at that point? Yeah, eh, probably, right? Like probably <laughs> right. without a red card, probably. But um, I mean, you said just a couple minutes ago that red card galvanized the Free Jacks. Yes. So obviously, you never want a red card, but in terms of how the team responded to it, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think it lit a fire under their ass to not let that be what dictated how this match went. Yep. Um, that doesn't mean that they needed that fire lit to win, you know, not every mm -hmm. ass needs to get burnt, but, um, <laughs> right. it, it, it seemed to, it, it, it ended okay. Um, in terms of like, is it mismanagement or I think, I think the, the way to look at it is like I said, like, would it, would it have been better to get Regan O'Gorman on there? Like probabilistically in terms of mm -hmm. like, what would that have probably done for the rest of the match? I guess, yeah. I mean, it's better not to be down a man for 20 minutes, but um, you also expect, in part because you expect Atlanta to be able to win a game like that. Yes. I was I was not to get too ahead of us, but I was talking to, to um, uh, one of the coaches after uh, the match and just said, like, man, you got to be able to win those, huh? Like, you, as, as a competitive team, like, yep. you... You have to be able to win those matches, and you know he said it was a, like a spirit killer, like that. You know For that sure. breaks a team. Yeah, no like, doubt. Can can you yeah. know to 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 have 
30 minutes where we were down a player total and to not be able to close it out, not really be able to capitalize on it very mm -hmm. much, except for one, you know, one try that happened in that period. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I think probably would be good to get um, O'Gorman on sooner. Maybe they're managing load on him a little bit. Didn't want to bring him in. Right, it could be a reason that they didn't pull the trigger on that. He's coming back um, from an, uh, an injury, so yeah, that could have been the case. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. totally speculating, just to be clear. Sure, like, sure. Just to, in terms of like spitballing reasons why maybe there's an explanation. Mm -hmm. Could be something like that. Um, I I do agree that the refs were clearly keyed in on him. How and can to, you not and, be, right? Yeah, they point. know. It's know. known. These people criticize the refs. I saw somebody who was who uh it was a Dallas fan who was saying they they were mad at the refs this week. Awesome. And uh they were saying like like ah oh, the league should release report cards and how do we know that they're actually working on it? And like, man, they worked their ass off. We just talked to Wendy Young about it last right. week. Like yep. they're working so hard to get things right. Um and they know when you have a player like that and just refs know got at the club level refs know you're going to mm -hmm. ref a team you know a, a good team you haven't refed in a while or like you're going to talk to people about it you yep. like, gather intelligence they talked about it at the ref course like learn as much as you can about the teams you're going to referee so you know what you're getting into because yep. you need to know that you know the more you know the better you'll be able to to manage it um yeah they know um the stomp that was the first yellow card was missed at first because it happened kind of off the ball so scott green wasn't looking but yeah. it's caught immediately by the tmo like the neck i think they go one two stoppages beyond that like there's there's another play um and then they call it back and uh it, it's it's clear they don't show the replay on the broadcast or anything but you can see the point where he does it like if you know that it's a thing that that happens there it's it's pretty apparent it's partial the actual stomping is obscured by you know another player but you can see like his him come up and change his gait as he's going by the player uh pretty clear they caught mm -hmm. it on the tmo immediately they get carded him for that and then the the neck the neck crank was like even more egregious it mm -hmm. started on their feet it went down to the deck and continued like i mean that's never not gonna get gonna get called. So at this point, you know, it is frustrating. I, I mean, the person who's who bears the responsibility for it, um, I think is you know Jesse. These are not like yeah, these are not my tackle slipped up a little bit. Right, right. These are these are I'm gonna stomp a guy. I'm gonna choke a guy. Yeah. And um, you know, I just. I, I think that that's always going to get it, leaving out whether it's like, should we have guys stomping and choking guys? Is that a thing we wanted to be doing? Not, Not really. really. But even leaving that out, like competitively, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be seen. It's yeah. not going to it's not going to help. It's not going to help win a championship to stomp, you know, to, to do that in that in that quick succession. Every every eight minutes, I'm going to get a yellow card. Sorry. Are, are you looking for a place on this team or not? Those are decisions mm -hmm. that you're making in a match, you know, and that's the I guess that's the conversation I'm having. If I, I mean, if I'm in that position, like, are you are you trying to do this or not? You've got a lot of, you know, trust to rebuild back with your team. Yep. 
I mean, the next thing that I had written down is what happens now. And I think you've described it. Yeah, I mean, there's broken trust there. Uh, surely, you know, internally, you know, they, they've spoken to this guy. They even probably sat him down an additional week. Uh, that is speculation on our part. But it doesn't take a genius to figure out that he was held out from the 23 when he was not injured after the game that he was suspended from. So, um, you know, it, it, there's going to be a ruling by MLR. He's probably going to be banned more than one game, and we might not see him for quite a while due to an internal suspension, just pure speculation. But this is an ongoing issue with a guy that is very talented. This is not some bum off the street that, you know, that they just bring in. The guy has tons of talent. It is very, very apparent. But, you know, what goes on up here sometimes on the pitch, he plays on the edge, um, and a lot of people appreciate that type of play, but it goes a bit too far and it gets your team into bad situations and it becomes a liability. Uh, when this team is, let's be frank, they're trying to win a championship. Like, they're not bringing in the MVP of the league last year just for fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, th this yeah. is, everybody understands um, internally and externally, this this team is trying to win a championship. And if you can't help us get there, what are you here for? Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's something that I'm hope, you know, I'm sure that they're talking about internally, but it doesn't help us at all uh, get to that, uh, that place when guys are getting, you know, two yellow cards or excuse me, four and, and five games and getting red carded. So let's yeah. move on beyond that because uh, we do have a Scott, the big guy Ferrara coming on at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Um, let's go ahead and uh, continue on with the remaining portion of the review here. It says there was some bad news for New England's uh, John Poland, who was forced off with a bicep injury replaced by scrum half Holden the vampire Youngert. Uh, still a man down a penalty uh, move them deep into uh, ATL territory. Patras spotted Mitch Wilson open on the right side, and the cross kick was spot on with Wilson immediately passing back to Spencer Bones Jones for the try. A flat pass from Younger bounced off the chest of an unsuspecting Will Leonard and bounced straight into the hands of Potters. One of the funniest things that you'll see right there in rugby. Uh, two quick passes later, Belencana was streaking down the sideline, but he was bundled into touch just short. ATL couldn't clear the lines, and an offside penalty gave Potras a chance to level the scores, which he accepted with open arms. Just real quick, I believe this is where the, the penalty kick that took place, and the music is playing while he's kicking. Like, we we turned around. Section 5 turned around and looked up at the media box. Who knows if the, if the PA guy is in there tooling it. So uh, if that was if he was not in there, we were yelling at people that was unintended to. I apologize. Yelling at ghosts. Yelling at ghosts. But that stuff right there, there's, there's a lack of rugby awareness that's taking place from the people that are controlling the PA, and it's getting really, really frustrating. Like, playing the music while play is taking place, and especially when our kicker is making a huge huge uh, penalty kick turn the fucking music off i mean i you know i i'm slightly apologizing right now for the language but that's that's really how i feel only turn the music yeah off. yeah and i agree i i hear p we sit in different sections so yeah. you and i have different like people around us which i guess is kind of good we get different you know yes uh, portions of the crowd and it is uh it was echoed in my section as well there's somebody who sits up behind me i think he played for north shore i'm not certain mm -hmm. um but but he's like he said he said the other day he the music in particular he loves to complain about yeah. and um um he said uh the other day it's my favorite place i hate 
<laughs> I thought it was just, you know, creative complaining. Obviously, yeah. I didn't mean it. You know, it just, uh, but it was specifically the music during play. Yep. He's like, if you're going to play music like in between or like in dead ball time, everybody's walking over to line out, whatever, but like not during play. We actually want to hear, you can hear the rugby game. Like these guys are loud. You want to be able to hear what's happening A thousand on percent. the pitch. I, I'm even go. I would even go so far as to say, don't play music during the game at all. Like even during the stoppage time stuff. And I, that yeah. is so. That's very, very un-American sports landscape to do that. But I don't think it's necessary because I want to have organic interactions, talking to people when the play is not taking place. If there's a short stoppage or whatever, I want to be able to talk to the guy next to me and you know have an opportunity to explain maybe to some new rugby fans that are asking questions amongst the the crowd nearby and stuff like that. And just playing Rage Against the Machine. Although I love that. You know, music or right. or tool, whatever, blaring in my ear, it doesn't help with the the making of the memories, baby. And I know that that's right. important for the Free Jacks. So it just seems like we're shooting ourselves in the foot in that aspect. Especially turn the damn music off when the the, the play is going on, and really, really, especially when the kicks are happening. Like, come on, man, yeah. this really isn't that hard to figure out. Cut it all. All right. Anyway, uh, that's just a, a rant there from me. But uh, let's get back to this here. Da, 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 da. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Lost my place. Okay. A flat pass. Nope. Oh, we already passed that one. On the other side of the hydration break, there was a moment of controversy. A high ball from Coleman put Jones under pressure with Heaton bearing down on him. Jones couldn't handle the ball. And Nolan, I'm sorry, I'm going to pronounce this guy's last name wrong, to Hamilia? Snapped up uh, to seamlessly score in the corner. The try was wiped off the board, however, when the TMO decided Heaton's jump wasn't to his satisfaction. Mm. Uh, moments later, Mohan was uh, binned for a deliberate knock-on, and Patras put New England ahead for the first time with a well-struck penalty goal. Another opportunity to kick for points presented itself. Uh, but this time, Patras opted for the corner with Mohan still off the pitch. The pressure stayed on until Belencana popped up on the edge of a rock taking a behind-the-back pass. Oh, yeah, Ruck, yeah, of course. Uh, but that's not what a, he put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, behind-the-back pass from uh, Younger for a third Free Jacks try. With the kick from Patras, it was 23 unanswered points for the home side. One last attempt to secure a bonus point fell, fell short when the ball was knocked on in a line-out with time expired. It's a bye week for ATL, who returned to action at home against the Chicago Hounds on Saturday, May the 6th. New England are straight back on the pitch as they welcome the New York York Ironworkers to Fort Quincy. Thank you, Brian, for that little uh, Fort Quincy uh, mention on Sunday afternoon, a game that you will not be at, and I will be responsible for the huzzah sign. Just a quick summary of the second half. Uh, go ahead. Um. Oh, boy. Uh, we only gave up. I want to make sure I give the correct statistic here. We only gave up. Two penalties in the second half. Not bad. Boy, don't they feel like a much different team when mm -hmm. they're only giving up two penalties in 40-plus minutes, because probably if you include the end of the first half, you know, the, the LaRue uh, momentum shift moment on, they're not giving up those penalties. Um, Yeah, yeah, I like the Japes working comment. Um about the about the music yeah exactly sometimes the the timing on the music makes no sense either he said like we're in faces in their 22 and it's everybody clap your hands <laughs> yeah it's so like strange, it's man. like what's going on um yeah good catch uh yeah the second half we our discipline was there we executed um things really well as well um 
and we had a 23 point rally. It's Atlanta an incredible did, stat. Didn't score. It's you an know, incredible stat. Yeah, a huge turnaround. We the momentum in the match. Rugby is a momentum sport. You hear it all the time. It's true in terms of week to week teams playing each other. I think, um, and it's true in terms of within each match. Like momentum is really important within the match as well. And the momentum completely shifted on that Larue Milan try that sequence there. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, the team was galvanized, as you said. They yep. had the front foot, and we just kept scoring. Not not at the same pace we saw up in Toronto, but at at a, at a slower pace, we just kept scoring. We were yep. able to consistently punch it in, and that is when we look like a championship team. You know? Yeah, it's it's a great way to put it. Kenny mentioned this as well. You know, it's a statement win where you uh, score 23 unanswered um, to win a game where you didn't look very good in most of the first half. Um, and, and it felt very, very grim after that red card. And we thought, well, man, this the, are we really going to lose to this team here at home at Fort Quincy right before the New York game? That's That, that was kind of the – this was me, you know, most <laughs> of the first half. You know that that's just, you know that's how I am, man. Like I, I just I, I get so frustrated because I know how much better we are than sometimes that we just dis display. And I think the Toronto game is a great example of when we're firing on all cylinders, practically all cylinders. That is the result. And then when we see ourselves, you know, having disciplinary issues and stuff like that, letting a team like Atlanta, who's pretty good, pretty good, but just run all over us at home, you know, it's just very very frustrating to to. to to answer back with 23 unanswered really speaks a lot about this team. And it really is a championship type of performance right there from the New England Free Jacks. Yeah. And still hard edged, still yes. very physical, right? But not yeah. giving up penalties, double tackling everybody and their mother, right? Yes. Like just just crushing people, but doing it in a way that that lets us keep our momentum. Every penalty you give up, you lose all the momentum you had. Right, mm -hmm. like you lose it all. The other team gets to kick for touch. They're then going to get to run a line out. Like it just slows everything down. And what you want to do is what we did. Go rewatch the match. Watch the first mm -hmm. half, and then watch the second half. That's how you normally watch them, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but really pay attention to like, does it feel like when the Free Jacks are doing something? Does it feel like it's inevitable that they are going to? bust through, produce something positive, you know, like that's that momentum is like everything we're doing is working, maybe not hundred percent, but so much that like you just expect it. And mm -hmm. then it, and then it happens, you know, yes. um, and the momentum in the first and the second halves are just completely different because you can't get that build up if you're giving up penalties. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And with that, I'm going to move over to musket size pants tent. For me, it is Riwita Biddle. He plays 15 uh, for Atlanta. He was playing 15 at least in the last game. He can play all over the place. He's a, you know, you play fly half. Is he really a, truly a utility back? I think he does a fantastic job. I believe he's from New Zealand. He's only 24 years old and he signed for the next two years for rugby ATL. Great player. Um, I will say every time that he's around the ball, he just feels very, very dangerous. And that's one thing that I really pick up on uh, watching games. That's one of the main reasons I, I pick guys like him is just like he's always around the ball and he always looks dangerous. 
So yeah. he's my uh, musket-sized pants of the game. For MVP for me, I'm going to give this one to Spencer Jones, who really stepped up his game at the fullback position in the game against Atlanta. This is a position that is currently under threat with the return of Mr. MVP himself, Bodine Waka. He bagged himself a try, which is his first of the season. Really great rotation option and has proven that he can be slotted into multiple positions in the starting lineup and hold his own. The guy can play 10, he can play 12, he can play 13, and 15. So... Uh, it's just great to see his uh, his work. We like to call him Bones Jones around here. That is a nickname that was suggested to us by um, the Beaver, Fozzie, uh, Foster DeWitt. So uh, it has a ring to it as well. So there you go. What's yours? Um, it was a tough week to pick. Mills and Joe Johnston both had really good bench performances. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I already talked about the flanker thing I wanted to talk about. Having so many flankers makes it's a visible when they come in on the bench that's actually i think where it's yes. most visible think about how cam plays when mm-hmm. he comes in think about how yep. joe plays when he comes in they destroy people joe was yes. lighting people up um mills came in a lot earlier than anticipated he made 13 tackles he had 12 carries he threw the ball really well he had a very good game mm-hmm. um since spencer jones i agree the 22 22 kick in the first half Yep. Uh, when Pot- his try off Potros's kick with the Wilson connection, um, he ate that yellow card hit in the air and got <laughs> up like it didn't matter. Yep. Um, the usual suspects, like Conradi, had a really great game. Uh, Holden Youngert came in and yep. played very well, um, very, very well. Uh, another one of those guys we always talk about could be starting on a lot of MLR teams, would That's be starting right. on a lot of MLR teams. So. And boy, did he show it when he came in, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. The setup on the try to Balcano was excellent, um, who also had a great game. But I'm going to go again with Jason Patros. Ooh. I think that he managed the game really well. He sure um, did. And he set up that try with that beautiful crossfield kick. And perhaps most importantly, he let my six-year-old daughter meet with and and play with his baby after the match nice. on the field and nice. uh that made it that made her day and he is now her favorite player okay because she got to meet his baby um, yeah it, he had a he had a phenomenal game um as usual uh spencer jones was was very high up there on mine i almost picked spencer so i i i salute your your choice as well Appreciate it. So we're kind of rushing through this, guys. We do have a uh, a hard stop at 10 p.m., but we have another segment to go to that we're going to go to right now. Um, So we'll see how that works out. And uh, I've got one word for you in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah.